Welcome to Red by Daylight, your favorite. Good God, I fucked that one up. Your favorite <laughs> podcast. I'm leaving it. Screw y'all. Uh, <laughs> your favorite Sorry. podcast about the lore of Dead by Daylight characters. It's a very good episode. Uh, so, Dav and I were supposed to do research for Resident Evil. Supposed three. to being the operative term. <laughs> uh, but then Resident Evil 4 came out and I got distracted. <laughs> so. <laughs> Hey, you know what? We could have we should have just lied. Here's the here's the honest truth. This morning at 6 a.m. that power went out and I use a machine to sleep. So uh, as you might suspect, machines need electricity. <laughs> so I'm operating on like a five hour sleep deficit right now. Mm -hmm. um, that's not why I didn't look up Resident Evil stuff, but I can ret I, I feel <laughs> yeah, I'm just going to retroactively say that. Yeah, reality is what we make of it. By the so way, I love we're the talking match today. Do we? Yeah. Oh wow, yeah. Yep, kind of. <laughs> Aren't we Red special? with a black graphic? Mm -hmm. Sure. This one's from a lady uh my fiance found on TikTok who screen Ooh. prints shirts uh and thanks to the current rumblings by the government who are bored and want to talk about something that's not shit that they actually will need to work on. <laughs> Uh, TikTok might be in trouble. It's not, but it might be. It's not, <laughs> it might be. but Who you knows? know, maybe. Listen, y'all can just do what I do and use Instagram to watch TikTok videos. Jesus Christ! No. Uh -huh. <laughs> that is the social media version of a boomer saying they like having motion smoothing on for movies. Like, good God! Oh, don't, don't call me out. It's like, like this. going to Yahoo God. to type in like where to get to your email. I love when TikToks don't have the functionality and they look a little I, worse. Listen, <laughs> I don't want to get TikTok. I that's rarely fair. use Instagram as it is. No, there, totally there are fewer fair. thirst traps in your life because of it, but I understand. Yes. Well, depends on how long you I scroll. I was to say, uh, uh -huh. eventually they do. Wrong. <laughs> eventually, especially because I'm in, in like the monster fucker stuff. Eventually, yeah, yeah. it does start showing me like softcore porn, and I'm like, mm. why? I didn't ask for this. <laughs> co-host doesn't have video, but uh, if you want to get on the right corner as a co-host, that'll get you going too. You just need a you just need to be okay with using a browser instead yeah, of a fun app. Whatever. Um, All right. So today we're talking about a this real, is the best a real fun secret. one. Uh huh. Um, Caro. Hi. Sometimes Cole and I are not entirely straightforward with you, uh, oh. and part of us not talking <laughs> oh. about Dead by Daylight is because uh, today we're going to talk about a character that I think you'll enjoy oh, and okay. we've not mentioned before on the show. Yeah, because okay. then we would just have to do. Today we're talking about the director. <laughs> <laughs> what a silly little guy. What a silly dude. <laughs> he, gets, he gets real grabby. It's fun. He's handsome. Uh, He's definitely yeah. a character. The blight look on this guy. Um, Good old... <laughs> oh, handsy. Oh, that's a bad. Oh, the double on tone. <laughs> so today we're talking about uh, this old fucker here. Uh, <laughs> and, and chalk it up. Ageism finally comes to Red by Daylight. As per usual, we're going to talk about the gameplay of the character, and then we will let Caro guess the lore, and then oh, we shit. will tell Caro the lore. We didn't do intros. Hi, I'm Gaddis. My pronouns are they, them. I'm one of the hosts who has played Dead by Daylight and knows what the fuck is going on. Hey, I'm Cole Burkhart, he, him. Uh, I haven't played a lot, but I have researched a lot of Dead by Daylight. And by research, she means several hundred tabs of stuff that was immediately wiped from the history. No, it's still there. I'm t I'm 
keeping a PowerPoint of, of all my tabs and info. Yeah. Gets <laughs> updated as we go. I'm an archivist. Hi, Caroline Minx. They, them. I don't know anything about um, Dead by Daylight. And I'm currently drinking a lovely matcha lemonade that I highly recommend. Mm-hmm. So you might be guessing why we hid this one from you, Caro. Uh, <laughs> from the fact that uh, his name is the director. Uh, here's Here's the thing. Part of why he's not that exciting is much like Pig, he's got a cool idea that has been nerfed to hell because everyone's bitched and (laughs) moaned about their favorite killers not stacking up. You know what I mean? So much in the same way Pig has been nerfed into oblivion, he has a cool idea that is balanced in a way that it's kind of not... He's he's at the bottom of the pack because of it. He's fine. He's... Yeah. He's just a little guy. Look, I, he, I, I, I love him to death. Oh, He's a funky little man. Huh. But okay. at the end of the day, he is—he really is just a funky little man. Huh. I've That's never seen a streamer play this guy. People people don't use him. Um, So. <laughs> these. I'm sorry. The name of the weapon's cool. It's it, yeah. He's a director and his weapon's called Opening yeah. Night. I'm here to tell you it's a knife. Aha. Uh-huh. So, so you're opening a body. Uh, yeah. Nah, it's literal. O- opening, opening knife. knife. That's opening better. knife. God damn it. <laughs> that would have been better. <laughs> <laughs> if only if only Dead by Daylight had a sense of humor, you know? So here's the thing. Here's like the cool thing about um here's here's the cool thing about him. Uh main power is stage fright. Thing about stage fright from a mechanical perspective is uh it basically is a short range attack. I think he just like sort of yells. I think that's kind of how it just He he goes. does the like yeah, you know, <laughs> yeah. when you do when you're fighting. Yeah, he does um, a repost. Um It's very late stage fighting. It's but very stage combat. Big fan. There were some theater queers. There were some Canadian theater queers <laughs> on this one, I presume. What it, stage right is just a What is the debuff? It's a debuff for a character status. <laughs> It is, goddamn, I am not awake enough for this. <laughs> it is a status effect, much like, what's the one? Exposed. It's, a, it, yes. it's like Exposed, but instead of making you vulnerable to damage, it makes your skill checks harder, or at least it used to. It makes the skill checks harder, it, and if you, you fuck know. up a skill check, it literally spot. It, it generates like a light source over the character and spotlights them for a second and makes their aura pop oh. out. So basically, it puts more pressure on the on that survivor as if the director is paying special attention to them as an actor and it puts them in a situation to fuck up easier okay, cool i like that this is the thing that gets fucked up by balancing over the many months he's been out because he got like, fucking nemesis comes out and artist and etc 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 everyone's got to be balanced all that shit it, i mean i'll say this about the director he's never been patched out of the game like the dredge currently fucking uh, is yeah like he works but there's not much to like to him that needs to work yes you know uh and i'm gonna use the tired excuse one more time this episode in that these are the <laughs> tricksters perk icons i don't think carol i was like wait a is minute going wow, to leave the show really over this <laughs> Yeah. Uh, shout out to Trickster's almost bare chest Cleans here. By her. the way, fucking cowards for not having titty in the. Seriously. This, I should have said this in the Trickster episode, but there is a perk that is just him doing a sexy pose with his with his blazer open. That should just be no shirt underneath it. Let's be real. Yeah. I need pecs. Yeah. Come on. 
Oh, damn. The hex name is Horatio. That's awesome. Sorry, you're getting ahead of us. But... Yeah, uh, you're good. There's better um, writing. It is, You'll find uh, cuter writing in I'm this excited. one than any of the others. <laughs> So there's ruined spotlight, which means that um, any survivors that are within the killer's terror radius, uh, when you hook your obsession, will yell and reveal their current location for like six seconds Mm -hmm. or so. Um, There's grand finale, which is each time the obsession loses a health state. So anytime you injure uh, uh, your obsession, you get a token, which then increases how long it takes for both exit dates to open. Okay. Um, for uh, it's it's nothing like um, Ugh, fuck. What was tricksters? Uh, um, the one where it where it stalls for like a minute. You can only yeah, do it for like. I'm, trying, I'm looking seconds. at the picture right now, and I can't fucking remember the name of it. Yeah. Um, and then the last one is a hetch totem mm-hmm. called uh, Horatio, which Alas. basically means <laughs> that whenever you injure any survivor by any means, if there is a dull token still remaining on the map, it activates and it curses the survivor, which means that um, any survivor within the area of the totem will scream every, like, 30 seconds or so um, if they are outside the killer's radius. So basically, if the director's not close enough and they are within, like, a, and it's a pretty big radius, around that dull totem, it will, uh, it'll make reveal them reveal the, their oh, location. Okay. So yeah. it, ba- it basically they, pings you across the map. So why that the fuck is it called the, Horatio? What does that have to do with him at all? I think they just the, needed a name. Because the totems That's have a stupid. skull on them. Yeah, because it's get a it. skull It's totem. a theater thing with a skull. <laughs> there are so many skulls in Shakespeare. <laughs> That's not the only skull in <laughs> yeah, Shakespeare. But, <laughs> I've seen many. Call I don't doubt who, you, the but weird the internet in me... <laughs> The like, internet comedian in me made me want to yell, name five. Like, name, so many seriously, <laughs> name, name five stalls, but you could. Gavin and I, I could. could not. <laughs> At least, I mean, not necessarily like canonical for chatting with the skull thing, but moments where it's like, yeah. we're definitely talking about like bones and stuff, and it would be appropriate to I mean, see Hamlet's them this dad moment. ends up a skull. Mm-hmm. Hamlet's dad he, ends up he, a skull. He do be dead. Uh, Tell me there's not a skull in the fucking Weird Sisters in uh, Macros. Give me a break. You know they're toting around bones like it's their job. Um, <laughs> you know they fucking work, got bones. And they got bones. Um, I, yeah, I can go on. <laughs> and I will. 30 minutes later. Oh, shit. That's, that's I will, audition. No one stops me. Oh, that is audition. <laughs> no one stop, somebody stop me. All right, Carol. What do you think? <laughs> Take a swing. Hi. Okay. Here's what I'm seeing. Um, here's what I, ever... Here's what's on my plate. <laughs> did you ever play the video game, um, the movies? It was like way back. No. Like, Holy like shit! Yes. Did I just it was like a weird? Yeah. Uh, it's not. A, yeah. It was fun. It's like oh, hi. Hello, fiance in the background. Um, yeah, <laughs> it's like The Sims, but instead of living out a life, you're building out movies using really archaic and like very studio. early 2000s oh. movie making stuff. Pumpkin has been brought into frame. <laughs> oh, hi, Pumpkin. But yeah, it's it's a fun game. But his design just reminded me of some of the characters in that. The, the, yeah. Um, yeah, like very much. But so here's what I'm picturing. I'm imagining a director of like maybe late 20s early 30s because i don't want to go full like singing in the rain but like a little bit of the thing where like 
the technology is evolving very quickly. In Not the film. heyday of roadshow musicals. Like it really, I mean, when you look at the history of film, I mean, it went very quickly to like the technology advanced really fast. Um, and so I'm imagining like a director who maybe, maybe started in theater, made his way to film like, like some did. And in the era of silent film found that a lot more satisfying, a lot more kind of close to home um, mm-hmm. because it would have been. Um, and then you start bringing in different technology, different ways of, you know, doing these shots to, you know, bringing in the sound, all that. And it starts to turn it into this whole other beast that maybe he doesn't recognize. And, but at the same time, you're trying to keep up, you're trying to stay relevant with this new stuff. And maybe he just starts pushing his actors further and further and further. And I was thinking things like stunts and emotional, um, just really emotional scenes like you hear about these directors who make people do really heavy emotional scenes over and over and over take after take after take looking at you Kubrick and mm-hmm. um, uh, yeah, there it is mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah I was sitting here like Kubrick Johnny gone. yeah looking at you bud uh but and you know just the toll that that would take on the actors first of all but then it also takes a toll on the person who's directing the scene even if they're in the position of power and the position of control. Mm-hmm. Um, when you are mentally living in that place of, of trying to control a highly emotionally charged scene, it's really hard not to take that on on some level, even though you're not performing it um, because you're trying to push people. Yeah. Now, ideally you're trying to push people safely to get to where you want them to be, to get to where <laughs> you want them to be. But I'm thinking of this guy, like he's say, really do- fucked up. What was it called? Uh, doing the death scenes for Ritual Six was was uh, a lot, <laughs> and I had to do ten of them. You sure did well, nine, but you do that to uh-huh. yourself, but <laughs> yep, I yep. I literally did it to myself. I mean, it's like I mean, I was I was also thinking same thing with like uh, seen and not heard when I had you know I have a scene where I am crying for the bulk of it, and I wrote that for myself, mm-hmm. and I had to do that like mm-hmm. so many times just to try and get it right, to get to the right level, and by the end of it, I was exhausted. And that was mm-hmm. me directing myself, you know, like, like you were with Ritual Six. And, um, but as a, as a director myself and as someone who's directed, uh, in a bunch of different mediums, like, I definitely know firsthand the weird emotional thing that comes with being this observer, but also the one in charge mm-hmm. of the scene and how it can kind of fuck with your head a little bit. Um, and what a delicate balance it is to take care of your actors. And at the same time, you have to push sometimes and be like, I know this is hard, but I need more. I need more. I need more. Um, And a lot of directors do not know where that line is. Um, I have worked with many directors who did not know where that line is or did not know how to direct something safely or would do really fucked up things behind your back. I got a story for you later if you want it Um, to try and get like, do like some method acting shit that you didn't consent to. Um, I mean, there's mm. that whole thing with Darman pulling a knife on an actor instead of a stunt one. Jesus mm, mm-hmm. fucking Lord. Um, I had a director go behind my back and tell my scene partner to move his mark um, right before he was supposed to slap me on stage. And it was supposed to be a stage slap, but he actually oh. hit me so hard that my head bounced off the wall. Um, Jesus. Yikes. Mm-hmm. And I had to finish the scene. And because he assumed that my scene partner had assumed that I had also been informed of this. But I had not been because the director wanted it to feel real. Um, and 
I'm thinking with this character, like that would be something that maybe he would do. Like maybe he was just getting obsessed with like getting these really strong performances because his, his livelihood depends on it and pushing people way too hard and doing really fucked up things to get these performances. Um, that's what I would do. <laughs> I don't know if that's what happened, but that's certainly what I would do with this character. Have I ever talked about when I wrote a review for my college's production of Mr. Burns, a post-electric play? No, I don't think <laughs> so. I don't have dirt on the director, like but Mr. this Burns. is probably, this is the closest to relevant this story will ever get. Um, Mr. Burns, a post-electric play, for those who don't know, is kind of a pretentious play. The That's idea funny, is yeah. a uh, an apocalypse happens and uh, there is no more power. So you get three different times you get the right after it happens and people are sort of around the campfire talking about episodes of the Simpsons. They really liked and then flash forward a few years. Those people who remembered the episodes really well have formed theater troops and go around this wasteland performing <laughs> the stories the of obsessed. those episodes. And there's it's like gang wars between so rival troops. It's done right, but it can also be so yes. annoying when it's not. Yes. Yeah. Um, I don't want to say this. My my the theater that my my college spent way too much money on um, has this sort of on either it's it's like <laughs> half between a standard stage and half an in the round situation, um, and the, the walls have this sort of wavy uh, sheet metal with holes in it, and each of those holes has an LED behind it. So one of the coolest things I've ever seen in live theater was that Mr. Burns play because what they did is they hooked up to the computer that controls all those LEDs and use those LEDs as a super low resolution screen. So to set oh. the mood, when the play starts, they played generic CNN footage that you can't read the Chiron because it's so low res and then mm -hmm. played an actor mm -hmm. doing a vo an announcer voice mm -hmm. reading off all the nuclear problems that are happening that cause the situation the play starts in so like there's cool things about how that play was put yeah. on i got some issues with the writing of it but like at the end of the play <laughs> you're several hundred years in the future and those stories of simpsons episodes have been twisted and warped over retellings to be morality tales so it's the end of that mm. sideshow bob episode on the boat but it's meant to be like a coming of age story for lisa and mm -hmm. the like actor playing the air quotes Lisa in a grotesque mm -hmm. distorted version of a Lisa mask. Um, I think it's Lisa and Bart are the only two that survive the scene. And at the end, they lift that character up on their shoulders, all the other, cause it's a play within a play. And then that in inner yeah. play ends and they're like, ah, so the, the lady playing Lisa is bawling her eyes out. And I said that was commitment to the role I've not seen in live theater at that school. And it turned out it's because she was having a goddamn panic attack on stage. Oh, and God, those were real. <laughs> and I'm the person oh. reviewing it for the school paper that specifically called was that, that out. It's like, that was mm -hmm. great. It's like, you do that every yeah, day. No, fuck. <laughs> I had that happen where one time I had a genuine emotional reaction on stage to something yeah. and my director was like oh my god do that every night and I was like oh no <laughs> please no G dear god please no. god no I'm 
Sometimes I'm very glad that I have actual stage fright and decided to be Pit instead of cast. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Pit or crew. Mm-hmm. Um, anyway, um, yeah. Caro. Yeah. Four years ago, before I took that tangent, you made some guesses here. I did. Pretty close. You actually <laughs> nailed the time the timeline. Yeah. Um, Sometimes I'm good. Let's at see. Uh, so let's get to. <laughs> His you, sort you of were deal. kind of in the in the right direction as right well. direction, okay. wrong medium. Oh, yes. okay, gotcha. He didn't make the jump. Because uh, I've so here's theater, Joe, but I was like, if I were doing it, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, that is, that is the whole point of Joe your, if Mantello. I were doing it. Yeah, I'm not Joe. Saying, yeah. Good old Joe. Uh, wrong coast too. As I picked up some <laughs> implications, you thought he was in California. <laughs> yeah, uh, but. We're square at New York City. Uh, New York uh, City. As an East Coaster. We've but. got abusive working conditions, economic always, strife, always. and murder. Always uh, in the showbiz. So <laughs> much, much like every other time Behavior writes about something from the United States, they pick a giant thing you learn about in history books. Yeah. Uh, Joseph Joe Mantello rose to success in the New York theater scene in an early age with an unflinching directorial style. They always get away with it. And constant quest for nothing less than perfection. He seemed to collect accolades faster than he collected enemies. The director was once a highly regarded theater director, but his groundbreaking productions and innovative techniques ground to a halt one fateful morning in 1929. Whatever could have happened. Stock market crashes. Huh. Mm-hmm. Who who could have thought? Oh my God. Silicon Valley Bank. What's this? Um God was damn. It? October 31st, 1929. Uh, was it Halloween? The 29th. God. No, I think it's I think it was the 29th. Stock market um. crash. <laughs> it may not be well, an October. If it was on your I birthday, that would be funny. <laughs> uh-huh. Uh, 29th, yes. Um, yep, October 29th. <laughs> my favorite thing about about documentaries that talk about the Great Depression, by the way, is uh, because there was no real, like, technology. You either don't have... Documentaries don't have the money to replicate the stock exchange floor where there's all these dudes yelling mm-hmm. and shit. So what they do mm-hmm. is they'll usually have, like, one of those ticker tapes that we're printing out constantly with stock. <laughs> yep. They'll just film one of those going... For, like, five minutes while they're talking over it. Oh, yeah. Um... So yes, the stock market crashes and Broadway crashes along with it. Um, so this leads Joe down a very dark path because not only you would think this would be a bad thing for a theater director, but this does mean for an affluent guy in New York City, Lots suddenly of folks are out of work. <laughs> there's a lot of actors who have very low standards because they need to eat. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> so much has changed. So much mm-hmm. has changed. This story just is only told once throughout history. So uh, he starts doing, you know, the regular route, safe musicals, mm-hmm. dramas, mm-hmm. and then he starts doing his own stuff. The The remnants of uh, the Gilded Ages social life allows him to sort of bounce from uh, social circle to social circle using his sort of cultural cachet to be like, oh, it's Joe. You want to work with Joe. Um, yeah. And people don't at first notice that some of his productions aren't, this, uh, the understudies become not understudies immediately. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. And they they shift from being plays written by other people to Joe Originals. And there's... Joe Originals? Suddenly he's... Sh- Joe Originals. Joe, Joe Originals. Uh, <laughs> on, on, available only on Joe Plus. Um, <laughs> and 
they have to be perfect because they are Joes. They have and... to be perfect. And then suddenly they stop being performed at the otherwise shuttered theaters on Broadway. Mm-hmm. Suddenly we're moving out to the wharf and doing it in warehouses that are built to his exactings. The interior is oh, built out God, to his exacting specifications. Guy. He's mm-hmm. that guy. Ugh. He's going to get a loft in Soho I've in about 30 years. I've worked with this years. guy. <laughs> <laughs> uh-huh. yeah. um, Fuck. Okay. At first, productions but, you know, were innocent enough, safe musicals and dramas, but run with a Mantello iron fist. Then we get out uh, out to the wharves. <coughs> uh, productions that credited neither the writer nor director on their handwritten playbills. Those who did question the director found themselves in roles that would be recast the following week. <laughs> For six weeks, Mantello's increasingly macabre productions ran uncontested. Uh, and here comes here comes possibly the bit that you'll pin as why the entity grabs this asshole. Oh, uh, his final performance. When police were tipped off and finally broke into the warehouse, they found what first appeared to be a stunned audience sitting in silence at a butchered cast on the stage. Only Aww, after did the police the realize that Joe had rigged up every single seat in the theater into one giant electric no, chair. No, I they fucking... They menued it. Oh, they did menu they it. They menued it. I love the menu. Anyway, Spoilers yeah, for holy the shit. menu parentheses 2023. Oh, so delightful. Go, go watch the menu. It's really good. Great movie. I will watch oh. the menu eventually. Watch it with me. I have I seen watch clips of the menu on TikTok. Watch it with it's me. It's very good. Yes. Um, yeah. Uh, he had the... Uh, Single highest record for largest body count in one night in New, in York, New York City, City. for <laughs> a few years. Um, uh, the police found nothing that night save for a handful of personal items in a makeshift office and a dark, smoke like fog. Oh, mysterious. I wonder mm-hmm. what happened. <laughs> um, Yoink. So, does this make him more interesting of a concept to you? Yeah, actually, I'm kind. Of, I mean, I am into this guy just it, just because I know this guy. <laughs> like, I have absolutely known directors. I've who, worked with this man. I have. I'm dead serious. Like, I've worked with people where I'm like, boy, if we pushed you a little too far in the wrong direction, they could go down this route. Um, and uh, yeah, I didn't. I did not work with them a second time. Um, I mean, the director who was like, mm-hmm. well, the director who was like, yeah, let's get you punched right in the face in front of a live audience. Um, yeah, I, and. I said words to that one. Um, <laughs> it was. I mean, it was not the, the kind of director who would enable shit like Chris Pratt actually being nude when that one door opens. Oh, and, uh, no, he did that as a joke. I heard. I, I know. Like, I know the director had nothing to do with it, but it, mm-hmm. that is a director who did not severely reprimand him. You know what yeah, I mean? Like, yeah. Oh, you, extremely yeah, yeah, yeah. fair. Yes. Yeah. I, I. When I direct, I run a pretty tight ship, but I'm also like my top priority is the safety of my performers like yeah. and my audience mm-hmm. you're, you're like, the classic millennial manager mm-hmm. i am yeah i full full like especially because most of what i've directed has been with children um so yeah, i'm like yeah, i'm keeping it. my performers safe at all costs mm-hmm. and so it, it but even when i am working with you know seasoned adults which i have also done a lot it's like you know i am not going to risk their safety for anything i would rather the show mm-hmm. lack a little bit, but everyone's safe. Then be like, oh yeah, let's get this like transcendent performance, but like someone's bleeding by the end of it, like or is like emotionally damaged mm-hmm. by the end of it. Like that's it's not worth it. It's not worth it. That's uh, 
that's why I love being in the TTRPG sphere mm-hmm. because, which is a fully different type of theater, but yeah. still theater. It's absolutely theater, but, yeah. Because everyone is always, uh, almost everyone is always so open to using like X and O cards mm-hmm. and things to do check-ins. Yeah. Because of people like, because of people like Joe. <laughs> yeah, well, and because yeah. um, those people do exist, and and on a lot of different mm-hmm. levels, like there are the ones who probably would go this far if they had the ability to do so. If they had the means, they mm-hmm. would do this, and the money. But, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, like, but there are smaller scale versions of this, and I feel like it's really important that um, you know performers kind of know. How to, and, and crew members, of course, like, but like people know how to kind of spot that um, and and mm-hmm. how to how to report it if you can and how to step away from a project if you need to. Um, and it's really hard. It's it's challenging. It's 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 really tricky because you do get kind of sucked into this thing of like, oh, I, this is the thing I want to do. This is my passion and I want to do this. Mm-hmm. Like, I guess this is just how it's supposed to be because it's supposed to be a challenge. Mm-hmm. It's supposed to be a challenge. It's not supposed to hurt you. Um so anyway, I don't know. I just I do find this guy interesting because it's like this is so grounded in reality in many ways. <laughs> this is the worst. Yeah, it it yeah, it's <sighs> it's I'm intrigued by this just cuz I'm like I've met this guy <laughs> like mm-hmm. at various stages of his career <laughs> and mine. Man. Yeah. I have with a heavy heart I must inform you this is yet another goddamn Are you killer. Are fucking kidding me? Who does? Can you imagine how cool that warehouse map been would be, so though? Mm-hmm. Fucking cool, or even, or, or like, mm-hmm. if not the warehouse, then like it, any a theater. A theater. Yeah, it would be so. Yeah. God damn, the, I'm flapping the, all over yeah. the place. The backstage, like, um, the, 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 it could be a two, behind the curtain God, with yeah. all those a, a bullshit those, like ropes, a catwalk up. system that only exists or in like movies. fake trees and stuff. Yeah, the set pieces, the flats. Oh man, that'd mm-hmm. be cool. <laughs> See, in, and in a modern one, it would just be a bunch of acting blocks, like those black blocks that are just ubiquitous. Mm-hmm. It, mm-hmm. I've busted my shin on so many of those things. <laughs> I bet. <laughs> oh, yeah. uh, well, with no <sighs> realm to talk about because because creativity Cowards. is lacking. Um, today we talk about next we talk about the Mori. All right, so so this Mori, let, let's watch it. Yeah. Um, so you start off on stream. Okay. You know, you're you're happy. You're doing your thing. Um, a bunch of props, sl- uh, like fake props, slide into view, like a fake tree and a fake hook. This is the most um, animated one besides the knife. I love that this implies there's a crew. Yeah. <laughs> Um, oh yeah, there's, like, get, there's like, like the entity yeah. has stage hands. Oh my God. You get uh, a spotlight on you, um, and then appearing next to you is the director with a knife in his hands. Also gets Intimate, a spotlight, of course. Um, yeah, he comes up, eh, he stabs you, and then stabs you a bunch of different times. Oh 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 shit! He's um, going for it. Okay, we're not we're not subtle. Yeah. Hey, I mean it's theatrical. No. You um, gotta go theatrical stage yeah. stage combat. Uh, but a little too real. You fall down dead, and he takes the bow. <laughs> okay, the bow sells me on it 100%. Like, I'm the all in. Honest, I'm all in. Honestly. <laughs> maybe maybe Joe is the focal point where they start really going fucking ham on those movie animations, because, like, mm-hmm. that has the same energy as the knights. I cannot wait to do the night episode. I'm curious really I because talking about. I need Caro to see the Mori that has it's, four it, goddamn wait, characters in it. Oh, it is it is a it's a fucking game. Like it it is a situation. 
Cole is not exaggerating by saying it's a gangbang. It is a lie. <laughs> well, color me intrigued. <laughs> anyway, scared and horny. Um, fashion show. Okay, fashion show. Now, Joe is an old dude. <laughs> like I don't think we, I don't think there's no dancing yeah, around it. He's it's old, hard to. He's just a little old white guy, so it might not surprise you to learn he doesn't have many <laughs> uh, cosmetics. You got your basic recolors. Uh, here we Blue's have not bad. This one clearly is somebody at Behavior knows who Cecil B. DeMille is. You got your Godpers <laughs> and your beret. God, uh, that is so that is if I if I were costuming like a director in a parody, like an SNL sketch. <laughs> <laughs> it's the SNL sketch. God, imagine songs. seeing. Imagine seeing a man in Jodhpur's like racing towards you across on like the saw map or one of the forest maps too. I mean, it's pretty menacing though because like if you're gonna wear those, like you have a level of confidence that I will never achieve. So it's like you should maybe be scared. (laughs) Oh, that's unnerving. um, (laughs) That's unnerving. And then uh, this one leans further into the bit. You'll see here, it is not Jodhpur's, it is it, it is your classic <laughs> sort of linen shirt, suspenders, God. pants that are way too hot, wool, I guess, that would be <laughs> what they would have in the 20s. Yeah. There's, mm-hmm. but I, here's I'm into the, this one, though. This one's my favorite because it switches the mm-hmm. knife out for a literal slapstick. And yes, it does come with the oh. audio of a slap when you hit a survivor. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Wait, when you when you when you kill them, is it just like whack, 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 when you it, have it's, them? It's yeah. straight up is like <laughs> the the PewDiePie bro fist sound. That e- even or oh, no, even the Jacksepticeye thing. The Mori changes with it too. Instead of the knife, oh it's God. the slapstick, and he just slaps you across the slap face a bunch silly. of times. You slap him. Uh-huh. Oh my God, that's who knew that, there was humor hidden in Dead by Daylight. Uh-huh. We just had Apparently, to get twenty episodes deep. Someone had their funny bone going for this one. Exactly. Oh my God. Uh, and <laughs> the blight look. Uh, what can you do with an old white man? Who sucks and a blight look. <laughs> it's fine. I like what they do with yeah. the like it's goo. Yeah. It, it it's good looks. goo. It's good face goo. I it's like the old man wrinkles kind of oozing goo uh, yeah, is cranking is, up the wrinkle factor is, is cool. He does look like he's mm-hmm. melting. Which is kind of cool. Like the, almost, like, actually, the problem with it that almost is makes it the way like, video um, game designers do that is they give them a billion fucking chins and it starts to feel <laughs> yeah. a little targeted. <laughs> but the actual, like, it kind of looks like, you know, like um, like lava when it's kind of in that yeah. wavy mm-hmm. kind of mm-hmm. pattern. It kind of looks like that. Yeah, when cool. it's like cooling. Yeah, when it, yeah. yeah, it looks almost like ocean waves in that kind of, yeah. Yes. Which is like, I want to touch it. I know you can't. Mm-hmm. Or you can, but you won't do anything else after. Um, Frankly, I'm surprised that it hasn't been a thing we keep track of as, uh, like, like we do with as a Jew. I'm surprised <laughs> I want to touch it isn't a sentence that is said it. many times. <laughs> I want to touch it. It's mostly me talking about yeah. them. Speaking of, them. welcome to Cole's Horny Corner. I uh, don't like the that there is. About how... I don't like that there's going to be porn of this guy, though. I just realized that that's <laughs> a thing that we're going to have to address, and I'm not. I don't want to. He could be a porn director. Shocking nobody on Rule34.xxx. The director, Old Joe. Um, 
Not a lot of entries, frankly. Hmm. I feel like all I would come uh, up with is just make him a porn director and like that's it. Joe. A porn director is a good idea. Yeah. Yeah. He's an observer. He's a voyeur. Joe was the hardest to keep secret for me. Because <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> I love him to death. He got, he got tens across the board. <laughs> um, <laughs> the Huntress is dethroned God by damn. Joseph Mandela. By this guy? <laughs> is it the extra fingers that's doing it for you? Is it? I, you I know... Mean, Yes. Cold <laughs> down bad for the guilt. What the hell? Who knew? I I just I love I love seeing a man go crazy with power, you know? <laughs> and just mating it his own. Sure. The fucking Mori is phenomenal. It it Stabbing it is, is it, the most intimate form of murder. Et cetera, stabbing et is the most, in, and doing it in front of an audience that is sharing that intimacy with the world. And I, I, I love an exhibitionist. <laughs> I'm just um, thinking about those like kink lists you see on the horny sides of the internet. Mm-hmm. And Cole in making this show is auto. It's like that game that recently got taken off Steam, where you it's a it's an anime dating sim, but actually you're filling mm-hmm. out your taxes. <laughs> That's what? what Red by Daylight is. Oh, you haven't heard no. about that? Someone made. Someone made a game that, like, the gimmick is you are talking to a cute, like, chick that you're trying to flirt with and date, Mm -hmm. but she keeps asking you questions that are having the game fill out a 1099 that it'll spit (laughs) out at the end as a PDF. That's amazing. It is amazing, and it got taken off Steam for unknown reasons as of this recording. Mm -hmm. Cowards. Cowards. (laughs) Cowards. All of them are cowards. (laughs) Jinx, I owe you a link to director porn. Uh, yep. Um, surprisingly, though, <laughs> AF, uh, our tribe of our own loves him. I guess they love an old man. Um, that makes sense. There they love a villain. Uh, over 900. What? Of, uh, <laughs> yeah, one of the most documented characters of Dead just, by Daylight like, on Archive they, of Our Own. Is it just because there's a lot of potential it, story? They don't, they, don't, they don't like. I don't think. There aren't a lot of relationships specifically with mm-hmm. him, so I think they've turned him into like a kind old grandpa character. Oh. He's he, it's like sort of how he's on like a rule thirty four is the same with him and a lot of other characters. It's that there's a lot of group shots <laughs> where then they you have to tag <laughs> that character for the SEO of it. Mm-hmm. I I think yeah I think. There are some comfort ones on here, so I th- I think they specifically made him a kooky old grandpa. He, once oh. in the entity, he realizes the error of his ways and becomes a bit oh, more the entity fixed old him. man. What the fuck? We must fix. I, I they mean, once him. lured the director. What the fuck? They. Ah uh, no! It's 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 comfort after hurt. Uh, so I think. Mm. Uh, I, I think they do the punishment and then I respect the, I respect the kinky side of it more than I respect the <laughs> the concept of the not horny side of it. <laughs> uh, I want to point out that on uh, Cole's slide for the director, we have the phrase "honestly a little toxic," <laughs> and we find ourselves at the end of <laughs> we find ourselves at the end of the episode. Uh, where we must rank this this enigma of a man. Uh, I'm, I'm just I'm baffled by the dethroning of Huntress. Like, no, I disagree. Our, our, our lesbian queen kicked off by a, a rich white 
this man Absolutely from the not. 1920s. Listen, no one who works in theater is cis or straight. I mean, yeah, that's true. And he does have you, enough you like not. funky little guy energy that I'm like, he's a little fruity. Yeah. <laughs> you see how he, see how he swings little. that slapstick? It's a little... Uh, yeah. Mm, 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 mm. Mm. <laughs> he's got props. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, since he's got props, maybe we throw him in over fucking <laughs> Oni, I guess. N- number six, with a bullet, the director. Cole's like, no. I don't feel like <laughs> For once, the horniness is fighting the rest of the group's <laughs> consensus. This is not a hand-in-hand thing. This is... <laughs> This show's so fucking stupid. <laughs> this show is fucking stupid. I love it. I love doing a stupid little thing with my friends. We have fun now and then. Sometimes at others' expense, but it's fine. <laughs> no, I'm delighted. It is me once again, Dagoth Ur, meme superstar. You may be wondering why the gang has started laughing so much. Let us reflect on a few different things Gavin said at the beginning of the episode, such as this. Weird episode. It's a very good episode. And then this. I've never seen a streamer play this guy. People people don't use him. And then this. Caro, sometimes Cole and I are not entirely straightforward with you. Also this. Reality is what we make of it. Now for a piece of audio that was cut out of the discussion of the director's memento mori. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> you assholes! Man, it is a shame we. <laughs> it's not even April. It's a shame Fool's we spent time. <laughs> We're putting this one out on April Fools. <laughs> oh, I was so into this. So it, here... if it makes you feel any better, I did draw the mori. Oh, I love this. <laughs> yes, show me the mori. Uh, so okay. b- before you show the mori, I just want to say uh-huh. my pitch to Cole for this was we would keep you out of the bit until now. Uh-huh. And then intentionally put you in on the bit for the rest of the episode, but mm-hmm. not say anything oh, about okay. us telling you. So I'll just cut this out. Uh, I was done to say, it's a shame we got a really good talk about personal safety on a joke episode. <laughs> I, that was kind of my motivation for this, because it gives Caro... It's a, it, it is a crank that gives Caro the ability to talk about stuff that it's they care about. It's a crank that still I'm makes me look a little bit smart. <laughs> I, I am streaming that you called me out about Horatio. <laughs> that was... Uh, that not... That, that was purely because uh, Cole like banged that one out quickly. It's the good. night yeah. we came up with this idea. But also, like the writing that y'all did for this, it sounded pretty legit. <laughs> that would be because I have a Google Doc with yeah. uh, fucking uh-huh. three hundred words. I was just like, I was thinking, like, wow, this is like better written than usual. <laughs> <laughs> and you can tell them I said that. Hire us, behavior. <laughs> you can tell behavior I said it. That's right. You just got April Fools, fucker. Love you, bye. Text me when you get home. <laughs> At the end of each episode, we find ourselves recommending little tidbits of media we might be currently enjoying or think other people might enjoy if they like the show. Perfect one for today. I, Coincidentally, I'm so excited. I have a video game-related piece of media that you might be interested in. There's one stipulation to this recommendation. You either have to obtain it through <coughs> dark matter, dark matter, or you watch it on Apple. 
I know one of those is more terrifying than the other, and it's not piracy. Uh, this is one of those shows that is tucked away on Apple Plus where 50 people will watch it, and somehow it'll get renewed for five seasons. I have I have not sat down and watched this uh, passionately yet, but I have been in the room for four episodes of uh, Mythic <laughs> Quest yesterday. Uh, Rob McElhenney, otherwise known as Mac on It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia, um, <clears throat> he got his Apple Plus show that is about a MMO developer. So it is a company mm. developing a sort of world of warcrafty but modern like they it's not like they went what if we did a thing about the developers of world of warcraft and it's a funny sitcom like mm-hmm. that feels like a pitch from when the guild was at its hottest yeah like it is a modernized fantasy mmo they do have footage of the game they generate like they animate fake yeah. footage of the game pretty regularly the game does not follow rules obviously like it's there's no ui or whatever most of the time but like it does look legit they're using unreal engine or something and it looks fine um mm. the idea is there's this developer that has this very successful fantasy mmorpg and it is run by Ian, this guy who's played by McElhenney, um, who has a just a passionate vision for the game. He uh, he gets in tight with this fantasy writer who's like he he's a excellent example of what a fantasy writer looks like after like 50 years of being blitzed off his ass on various drugs where he's just a he's 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 a little older. He's a little he's a little crazy, but he do write good content occasionally. <laughs> He has a Nebula Award from 1973, and he will not let that go. (laughs) Uh, Mythic Quest is very fun. One of the reasons I'm recommending it is because I think Mythic Quest might actually be a nice onboarding spot for why It's Always Sunny is worth trying out. Because Mm. it has the thing about It's Always Sunny in its later seasons is they have the money and the power to do shit that's not safe occasionally Mm -hmm. there is one episode of it's always sunny in philadelphia called mac finds his pride where the end of the episode is like a five minute interpretational dance where mac is acting out his queerness uh it's mac coming out to his dad by dan it's this dance in a rain where it's like an artificial rain on stage and he's he clearly practiced for weeks on this fucking dance with mm-hmm. this lady. Like she's an actual her she's got thighs like a fucking truck. Like it's <laughs> like yeah. she's an actual D, D dancer, even not just, an actor. Like mm-hmm. like out of context, even if you don't watch the rest of the episode, it is gorgeous. which I I highly recommend I watching the episode because it's it's it is it's a stunning very, scene it and it's again? Mac coming out to his Pete uh Mac finds his pride, I think is the episode. Yeah. I, I also will just find a clip for you. Um, I, I found it. <laughs> it's not coming out to his dad, but in actuality, he's coming out to Danny DeVito's character, who kind of becomes his surrogate father in that Aww. moment mm-hmm. because his dad. Re- it, spoiler: his dad rejects him, but Danny. That's where that. That's where that gift of Danny DeVito, DeVito will saying, always be there for you. <laughs> that's the gift <laughs> of the camera zooming in on Danny DeVito <clears throat> and saying, "I get it." It's him oh! understanding mm-hmm. Mac being queer oh. in that moment. Um, it is the first time the show seriously addressed Mac's queerness. Like it's all yeah, yeah, no, every I, other yeah, ca- it, Mac has always like denied it or used yeah. it to his personal gain and then gone back to denying it. And every other and, character like, in the show is like, joke. you're clearly gay. 
Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. you, you, you've clearly been gay this whole fucking time. Um, God, that's a fucking mood. Everyone knowing, I was. It is one of the most <laughs> powerful pieces of queer media made by a straight person. I think, like, yeah, I, that's awesome. Rob McElhenney might be one of the first people to get, but that episode is like infamous in it's always sunny nerd circles because a lot of people hate it. It is emotional. It has big boy feelings in it, and they don't like that. Mythic Quest has an episode that does not have any of the characters from mythic quest in it it is thematically relevant it's about video game developers and it does tie back at the end kind of but it's more to thematically set the stage for the rest of the season less so than explicitly do something it is the kind of episode that assholes on twitter would call filler but Mm. it is also like a standalone beautiful piece of art that's 30 minutes Mm -hmm. art but yes, uh, if if you can stomach yeah. if you can stomach Apple Plus, which is very cheap for what it is, uh, Mythic Quest is worth watching. It's not just a so, haha video games show. I have an Apple TV that AR um, just handed me one day, so I think I could just hook that up and find it. Hell yeah! Yeah. <laughs> um, I am gonna recommend a Korean drama. How dare uh, you? Called the Business Proposal. Um, it's, it is about a girl who dresses, who does a favor for a friend by going on a blind date for her, um, in order, and her friend is like, hey, can you stare this guy away? I'm tired Mm -hmm. of my dad setting me up on, you know, (laughs) with prospective suitors, please stare this guy away. And she shows up and it's her boss, uh, and she works at like a, 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 pretty uh pretty good company and like it's her boss and shows up yeah and she like she ends up like leaving early and kind of like making him upset and then they keep running into each other and she keeps having to pretend that she is this other person like when they meet at Mm. work and stuff or or and uh, it's 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 very good it has like a very good fake dating plot that i really enjoy and it's very sweet and even the like B plot romance is also very good. It's arguably hotter than the main couple, but the, you know nice. that's yeah. opinion. Um, very good. It's very funny. It's based off a webtoon, I believe, uh, but still very good show. Cool. I like some of that. <sighs> um, I'm recommending what I pulled up to recommend became very relevant to what we're doing relevant. here today. <laughs> yeah, mm-hmm. I was like, oh my god. Um, <clears throat> excuse me mine is also mine is a video game um and it's called elsinore and it's a, mm. it's a elsinore is a time-looping adventure game set in the world of shakespeare's hamlet elsinore combines strong social simulation elements a dynamic story that reacts immediately to player decisions and a world full of diverse characters with secrets to uncover and that's all very true it's wacky um, some of it's like very strange. Like I don't love how they actually wrote Hamlet in the game. I will say I'm like, oh, you just made him a little bitch, um, and <laughs> a little catty bitch. As someone who's, listen, I read Hamlet for the first time when I was seven, so like the place kind of important to me. And I'm just like, that's not that's not my boy. Um, but you play as Ophelia, and she's trapped in like a Groundhog Day kind of situation, and it is um, in in-game real time so like decisions that you make you can't do two things at once you have to like decide oh is it more important for me to be there when gertrude's doing this or is it more important for me to go track down laertes um so like that's kind of cool because it 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 
there is a lot of like trial and error with it, like in a really interesting way. And I love games that your decisions immediately affect the story. Um, and the loops themselves, like I think with time loops, sometimes it can get repetitive to the point where it's like annoying. Um, but there are ways to fast forward, which is really nice. Um, Hell yeah. Yeah. So just as a gameplay element, I love that. But it is actually, it, it's also a pretty queer game. Like I was very pleasantly surprised by the fact that it kind of pokes at gender as well, like and sexuality. And I was like, oh, sweet. Okay. And like Ophelia and Laertes are not white. Um, uh, you know, Othello shows up at one point. They've got other characters that are not white, which is nice. Um, characters that were not women are some of them are in this game um so i like that they took the opportunity to kind of play around with that um and have it actually be relevant in some ways to the story which is kind of cool and i don't know it's just a fun like mishmash of all these different um shakespeare characters and like plots from the play uh the different plays that come in to affect hamlet is kind of cool um and it's fun if you're if you're really familiar with the play um there's a lot of good in-jokes in there. If you're like a Shakespeare person, which I am, um, there's like some really fun stuff in there. Uh, but even if you're only kind of passingly familiar, you like just know the plot. I think it's still totally worth playing. I think you don't need to like be super intimately um, familiar with Hamlet uh, in order for it to be a fun game. And now we try to actually end the episode uh, <laughs> normally this time. Uh, thank uh, you everyone so much for listening we will see you all next week when we actually talk about Nemesis uh, and happy April Fools <laughs> happy April Fools we uploaded yeah, a couple days early gotcha uh, <laughs> the, the ultimate yeah it helps goof. when it's not the actually April goof. Fools it tends to help your prank work <laughs> <laughs> thank you so much everyone for listening we'll see you all next time bye bye, bye. <laughs>